Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Well, can you guys believe it? There's one more day of freedom. One more day. And then what happens tomorrow? Everybody tell me what happens tomorrow. School begins again. I know all the kids are really excited. Really, it's the parents that are excited about that. And man, it is that time of year. And man, there's something about this time of year. Like it's a change. It represents a change, a new start. In fact, I was just thinking about it this week in the Bible. The number eight is actually the number of new beginnings. And this is the eighth month of the year. And I just believe with all of my heart that as we start into this new school year, that it is a time of new beginnings for you for your family, for our church, for what God wants to do in our community. It's a new season. So everybody look at your neighbor. Just tell them, it's a new season. It's a new season, and God is up to some new things. And that's what really this series and this month and everything we've been doing here this last few weeks at our church and today is really, really all about. We've been doing this series called Encounters, and we've just been believing God that we're going to encounter God in a huge way, that it's going to be more than just knowing about God, but that we can truly, really know Him, that it's not just words that we hear, but it's His power working in our life, that it's not just it's not just an explanation, but that we can have a true encounter, an experience with the presence of God that can be life-changing. And here's the deal, guys, all right? You ready for this? It's more than just a series, all right? Look at your neighbor. Tell them it's more than just a series. It's more than just a series. It's more than just a few messages that we string together. This month, I really do believe that God wants to encounter us in big ways to make a big difference in our lives. And we have been gathering together as a church and really believing God to show up in a powerful way. In fact, as you came in this morning, you see the prayer walls on both sides of the room that over this last couple of weeks, every single week, I've been giving you opportunity at the end of the service to come up to to the prayer walls. We're going to give you another opportunity today to take your prayer requests and to write them upon the walls. And we're praying and believing God throughout this month. In fact, I believe that some of those prayer needs this month even are going to be answered. Others of them, it may take a little longer, but God is going to answer those prayers. Come on, do you believe that? And here's the deal. Let me just encourage you just a minute this morning before we get into the message. Some of you have placed things on the wall that you are praying about and you have been praying about for a long, 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 long time. And I just want to encourage you today from your pastor. Last night, God answered a prayer in my life that I've been praying for almost three years. It was something that I thought was almost impossible to happen. And last night, it happened. Come on, that's pretty awesome, right? And let me just encourage you that as you go to the walls, that God's going to answer those prayers in his timing. And if he answers it during this month, here's what we're doing. We're taking a pink card, we're writing it, and we're putting it on the wall. In fact, I thought I'd just share a couple of these prayers that have been answered already. Is this all right to do this? I mean, I went and just started looking at the wall, and I saw this one. One guy said, I asked for God to show up and give me a sign that he's working in my life, and he did. I know that God is with me. Come on, that's pretty cool, right? I like this one. She says, I was having bad headaches, and we were confused about what it was. I went to the prayer leader to pray about it, and I put it on the wall, and I haven't had a headache since. 
Come on, that's awesome, right? I like this one that says, first of all, God answered a prayer by providing me with a new job that I was praying for. Secondly, I saw my dad came to church, and it was the first time he had ever come to church in his entire life. Wow. That's big stuff, y'all. And that's the kind of stuff that God is doing in our church and in your life as we're gathering together. We're putting our needs on the wall every Sunday night. Everybody say every Sunday night. Every Sunday night. That means again tonight. Every Sunday night during the month of August, we're actually gathering at 5 o'clock to come together for an extra time of worship and a time of prayer. And I'm telling you, if you haven't been to Encounter Night yet, you are missing out. Tonight is the night. Tonight is a special night because our youth is going to be leading the worship. And I'm telling you, man, those kids, they know how to worship and how to lead in worship. Tonight, we're going to spend a little bit of time praying over our students and the faculty and the teachers and all those that are going out to school coming up this next week is going to be a powerful night. So everybody just look at your neighbor, tell them, I'll see you there tonight. Come on, tell them, look at your other neighbor, tell them, I'll see you there tonight as well. All right. And that's what this, that's what this series has really been all about. And really to build our faith, what we've been doing is been talking about some of the different people in the Bible who had powerful and life-changing encounters with the presence of God. And so today we're going to look at another encounter with God. It's found in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open them up to Acts chapter two, and we're going to see what, see what this encounter with God looks like in the book of Acts. In fact, it's going to be on the screen there. Let's read it together uh, today. It says, and when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, or everybody say this aloud, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the people, or as the Spirit enabled them. Now think about this. What a powerful encounter with the presence of God. The Bible says that the disciples were together in one place and they were praying. And as they were praying and as they had been praying for a long time, suddenly out of nowhere in the house where they were, a wind began to blow inside y'all. The wind is blowing, right? And suddenly like the house just begins to shake violently. And then it says that the Bible says that there was tongues of fire that appeared over the heads of the people and they all began to speak in languages that they had never even learned and didn't even understand. Powerful encounter with God, right? Powerful and maybe a little strange. All right, let's just be, let's be honest, right? And then look what it goes on to say. If that wasn't strange enough, look at this, verse number five. And those that were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, when they heard this sound, a crowd came together. They're going, what is going on? There's wind blowing, there's houses shaking, there's people speaking in these weird languages that they don't know. And look what it says, they had bewilderment. And because each one of them had heard their own language being spoken. Now think about this. Like here's these people that come around, but what is going on here? All these people speaking these languages. Sounds kind of weird. Sounds like gibberish until they begin to realize, wait a second. 
They're speaking my language, and I don't live here. I'm from a different country, speak a different language, and I'm understanding what they're saying. Like, pretty cool stuff, right? In fact, even so that at first the people looked around and go, these people must be drunk because something's going on or whatever. And then in verse number 14, the Bible says that Peter stands up. And he looks at the people and he says, hey, these people, I know you think they're drunk, but it's only nine in the morning. They hadn't even had time to do that yet. That's not what it is. But this is what it is. This is the promise. Everybody say the promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit that Jesus had spoken of, that this is the promise. And he begins to preach. And on that day, 3,000 people get saved. Come on. You talk about a powerful encounter with God. The Holy Spirit shows up. Now, here's, here's what I know. Some of y'all are thinking, okay, all right, Pastor, uh, you're talking about that Holy Spirit thing again. I'm not really sure about that. In fact, some of you walked in this morning, and, and you're like, hey, you know, these people seem pretty normal. You know, I mean, everything's kind of cool and actually kind of nice people. And then the pastor gets up there and starts talking about weird stuff like buildings shaking and wind blowing and Holy Spirit kind of stuff happening. And I thought these were normal people, but I'm not really sure now, you know. And that's some of you that are here today. In fact, here's the truth. All right, let's just be honest. When pastors talk about the Holy Spirit, there are a lot of people that we have all kinds of preconceived ideas and notions and thoughts and things that we have experienced in the past when it comes to this idea of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think, well, that's kind of weird. Sometimes maybe we grew up where they called them the Holy Ghost. Come on, you ever heard that? The Holy Ghost. And it's like, you know, I don't know about that. I'm kind of afraid of ghosts. I kind of want to stay away from ghosts. I'm not really sure. Sometimes we're even kind of like, you know, I understand that God the Father thing because I am a father or I have a father and so I can picture that. And I understand, you know, the God the Son thing because I am a son or I have a son or I know someone who is a son. But then you start talking about that Holy Spirit thing and it's kind of... This is hard for me to understand, and it seems a little weird because I don't know about spirits and, and all that kind of stuff and things that I've experienced or seen in the past. And so here's what we're going to do today before we dive into this encounter. We are going to set the record straight, all right? Let me just tell you two things. First of all, here today, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. The Holy Spirit is not weird, Amen. right? All right? Now, here's the thing. People are weird. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them you're weird. People are weird, right? And people do weird things and call it the Holy Spirit, right? But let's just set the record straight. The Holy Spirit is not weird. The Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit is actually a gentleman. And actually, in the Bible, you're going to find that the Holy Spirit was actually not a weird thing in the Bible. The Holy Spirit working was actually a very normal thing that you will see as you read your Bible, all right? Second thing, we're going to set the record straight today. He's not a ghost, In fact, that is a terrible translation of what the Holy Spirit really is. In fact, if we really study it a little bit and get a better translation, we're going to see that through the Bible, there are actually two words that are used to describe the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, it's a Hebrew word. In the New Testament, it's a Greek word. But in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for spirit is this word ruach. So everybody say ruach. You didn't know you are going to learn Hebrew this morning, right? And that word ruach, here's what it actually means. It actually means a wind or a breath or a violent exhalation, all right? And the the New Testament Greek word for spirit is the word pneuma. So everybody say pneuma. And this word pneuma actually means a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong 
breeze. And this is actually an incredible explanation of the Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. That He is, the Holy Spirit, is actually the wind of God. The breath of God. And when the Holy Spirit works in our lives, man, he works like sometimes he comes in and it's just a a breath of fresh air. Sometimes he comes in and sometimes he's like a, a cool breeze that brings comfort and brings refreshing in our lives. And sometimes he comes just like in this experience in Acts and he is a violent, powerful wind that blows in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today is the power part of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I just want to ask you, let's start by asking you a question today. Those of you that are followers of Jesus, you're Christians, have you ever seen one of those Christians who just like they seem to have maybe just a little bit of extra spiritual power? Come on, you ever seen one of those before? And you look at them and you're like, like, why do they have so much more? Like maybe they start to pray and like their words are so powerful. Like when they pray and you're just like, man, if I was God, I'd answer that prayer, you know, because I mean, it sounds... It sounds so good. And you're over here going, now lay me down to sleep. And they're like, like praying the house out. You're like, what is different about them? Come on, anybody ever? Or maybe like somebody that just is like they have something where it's like everything that happens, they have a Bible verse for it. And it's just like they have this extra supernatural understanding for the Bible. And you're like, why do they got that? And I don't have that. Come on, you ever experienced that? Or maybe people who go through all kinds of trials and struggles and things. And when they're going through those trials and stuff, they just seem to have this extra strength. And it doesn't seem to rattle them or shake them like their faith is just so strong. And you think, man, I want what they got because they got something extra that I don't seem to have in my life. Have you ever experienced that before? And here's the deal. Maybe they do have something extra. In fact, there is a power that is available to us as followers of Christ that is an extra power to give us the strength that we need to live out the godly life that God wants us to live. In fact, I'm going to explain it like this, all right? At my house, like I'm not really a yard guy. Anybody like to do yard and stuff like that? I know some of you like to do that. I'm not really one of those guys. Like, I just want to mow it and just be done. You know what I'm saying? And at my house, I have these bushes that are out in front of my house. And we've lived in this house for a while. And we first moved into the house, moved from another house that you didn't have to trim the the hedges. And so I liked the new house, but I didn't like the hedges. And and the reason that I didn't like doing the hedges is because I did the hedges with some of those. Have you ever seen the manual, like the hand power? Come on, I just brought some so you could see them today. Anybody ever seen any of these before. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm doing the hedges and every time it's time to go out to do the hedges, I'm like trimming and I'm clipping and my arms are getting tired and it's hot and I don't want to do this anymore and I hate doing the yard. You know what I'm saying, right? And so I did it like that for a while. Until one day, I was kind of out in the lobby of the church, and I know you shouldn't do this, and I'm the pastor, I shouldn't do it, you know, but I was kind of complaining a little bit about doing my hedges at my house, and, and I was talking to my buddy, Tony, and Tony was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, just a couple of days after that, Tony comes to the house, he rings the doorbell, oh, I open up the door, and Tony, as I come to the door, he's carrying some of these bad boys. Come on, right? And he goes, Pastor, 
I heard you talking the other day about your hand-powered cutting the hedges with the scissors, you know. And I don't think, he says, Pastor, there's a better way than that. You don't have to do it like that anymore. There is power. And I'm talking about life-changing stuff, y'all. And so I get my... I get my electronic, you know, plug it in power, and I start clipping the hedges. And I'm doing that for a while, but I still hate doing the hedges. Come on, anybody, right? And here's why. I can trim the hedges with this thing in about 30 seconds, but then there's all the stuff on the ground. And I hate picking up all that stuff off the ground. And so one day I was out there with my power hedge trimmers, and a buddy of mine, Derek, shows up dropping something off, and I start doing it again. I shouldn't have been doing it, but I was complaining. You know, I hate, I like this, but I hate picking up all this and stuff. And he goes, Pastor, there's a better way than that. He goes in the garage, and he pulls something out. Come on. And he said, whoa. And he says, Pastor, do you have a lawnmower that is a mulcher? I said, yeah, I sure do. He says, all you got to do is pull this bad boy out, blow all them leaves out into the yard, and mulch them up with the lawnmower. Come on, right? I'm telling you, my life has not been the same ever since. And here's what I'll tell you today. That's a, that's a crazy, silly illustration. But there is a power that is available to you through the Holy Spirit to live out the kind of life that God wants you to live. All you got to do is plug into it. And some of you, man, you're living the manual Christian life. You're trying to do things by hand. You're trying to do things in the natural. When God goes, no, 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 I want to help you to do it in the supernatural, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and can live inside of you, that when you receive the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in Acts that you will receive power. So here's what I want to do. I want to take the next 14 minutes, and I just want to just share with you just a little bit about what the Spirit, or what the Bible says about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If you're taking notes, I want you to see four things about the power that the Holy Spirit gives in our life. The first one is this, is that the Holy Spirit gives us power to share Christ boldly. It gives us power to be a witness. In fact, this is what Jesus said about in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. He says, you will receive what? Everybody say it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will what? Come on. You will be my witnesses. Here's the deal, guys. One of the primary purposes of the Holy Spirit in our life is to give us the power to share Christ with those around us, to be a witness in the world that we live in. The primary purpose of the, of the power of the Holy Spirit is not just so that we can come together and have good services and feel all the feels and cry some tears. All of those things are wonderful and good. But the real purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life is to empower us to be a witness into a world around us that is lost and hurting and needs to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, that's what we find in our text with Peter. Think about this guy was the guy who was so afraid to even tell anybody that he knew who Jesus was that he denied him three different times. And then in this 
passage, something changes in him. The Bible says in Acts, it says that he stood up and he began to proclaim the word boldly and loudly. And you think about like, here's the guy who couldn't even tell a teenage girl that he was one of the disciples. And now he's standing in front of thousands of people proclaiming the word and 3,000 of those people are getting saved. What happened to this guy? How can that be the same guy? It's the same guy working with the power of the Holy Spirit moving in his life. In fact, this is what Paul talked about. Actually, our key verse for this entire series, we see it in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but my message came with a demonstration of the, of the Spirit's power. Paul goes, man, it ain't about how good I can communicate. What it's about, it's about the power of God working through my words and in my life. And guys, man, this is what I have to depend on every single Sunday. When I get up here, man, I tell you what, I, I'm not the most gifted communicator. I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the most knowledgeable guy. Maybe the best looking guy. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just joking. But I don't have it all. And you know what I have to depend on every single week when I stand up here to proclaim the word? I have to depend on the Spirit's power working through me to take the message and customize it for exactly what you need in your life. You know, I can't tell you how many times it's happened. I get up here and preach, and afterwards in the lobby, someone will say, you know, Pastor, when you said that, man, that just went right to what I needed to hear. And I go, I didn't say that, you know. (laughs) And you know what that was? That was the Holy Spirit taking my words and customizing them perfectly to what you needed to hear. And this is what the power of the Spirit does in our life. Some of you kids, as you're going to go back to school, as you're going to go, teachers, as you're going to go back to your workplace, those of you going into your neighborhoods and your families, and you're saying, I want to be a witness, but I don't know how. Here's what you need. You need, you need the Holy Spirit power flowing in your life. Gives you power to be a witness. Number two, write this down. The Holy Spirit gives us power in our weaknesses. Man, I'm so thankful for this. Look what the scripture says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. It says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit does what? Everybody say it. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And how does he help us? Well, look what it says in verse 26. And we do not know how we ought to pray or what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through words or wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Guess what, guys? We all have weaknesses. But here's the good news, that there's a power that comes to us through the Holy Spirit, that even when we don't know how to pray and we don't know what to do, that the Holy Spirit is actually praying for us. Man, think about that. When I have the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life, like his weakness or his strength makes my weakness strong because he is praying for me. Reminds me of Paul in the, in, the, in the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He talked about this weakness that he had. In fact, over and over, three different times, he prayed that God would take it away from him. But look what God says in 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9. He says, but my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in what? In weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. For when I am weak, I am strong. What's Paul saying? Hey, I got a power in my life. The Holy Spirit working in me. That even in my weaknesses, I can have strength because of that power. And some of you are here today, man, you're struggling with some weaknesses. 
Maybe there's some of you that maybe, maybe you have some habits that you would like to break or some addictions, some things that have a hold of your life and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you can't seem to get past it. You can't seem to break it and you've been trying it hand-powered on your own, trying to do it in the natural and it's only going to happen in the Spirit. Some of you got some discipline areas, some things that, that you want to begin having better discipline in the way that I eat or in my exercise or in, in the way that I, that I have my spiritual disciplines and reading my Bible. And I try and I try and I can't seem to do it on my own. And the problem is you're doing it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You need the Spirit's power working inside of you in your Weaknesses, he is strong. Some of you, man, it's emotional stuff or relational stuff, or maybe it's, hey, I just can't seem to control my temper and I try to hold it and I can't get over and it's making a mess of my family and my relationships and I don't know what to do. And what you need is you need a supernatural power working in you, the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us power to be a bold witness. The Holy Spirit gives us power in our weakness. Number three, the Holy Spirit, man, I love this one. Gives us power to have hope. Come on, everybody say hope. To have hope in a hopeless world. Look what Paul wrote about in in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. He says, And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may, I love this, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Bible says, that God wants to give you hope even in the hopelessness of your life. And how does he give you this hope? The Bible says it right there. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And let's be honest today. Man, there's a lot of hopelessness in this world. In fact, there are some of you that are here today, you walked into this room feeling hopeless about situations in your life. There's some of you, man, you got things going on financially, and you look at the bills, and you go, I don't know how we're going to overcome this, and what's going to happen, and I, man, some of you lost your job, and you're looking, and you're not finding anything, and you just seem to be discouraged and down, and don't seem to have any hope. Some of you, maybe, you, maybe you've discovered that you have a sickness or a loved one that has an illness, and, and, and you don't have any hope in that situation. The doctors are saying there is no hope. Maybe some of you, it's a family situation, or an emotional thing, or maybe you're discouraged, or you're dealing with depression or whatever that might be. And I'm here to tell you today that there is a hope, but that hope overflows in us only when the Holy Spirit is living down inside of us. In fact, this is really what this series is all about, guys. When we started this series and I said, I want to do, I was talking to the staff and saying, I want to do like an encounter series where people experience the presence of God and I want us to pray over one another's needs and put them on the walls and all of that. And at the heart of that was this, I wanted you to have a new hope. And I knew the only way that you would have true hope in the hopelessness of this world would be if you had an encounter with the Spirit of God. Because when the Spirit of God is alive inside of us, we can overflow with hope even in the hopelessness of our lives. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Gives us power to be a bold witness. Gives us power in our weaknesses. Gives us power to have hope in the hopelessness of this world. Number four, write this one down. The Holy Spirit will give you power to experience hope. All the fullness of God. Man, I love this. Because here's the deal, man. I, I think, in, especially in American culture today, we have really kind of taken Christianity and just kind of narrowed it down to the least common denominator. And we just go, you know what? Hey, I'm a Christian. I go to church. Like I said a prayer. I raised my hand. I got baptized. And that's kind of all there is to it. 
and you see people who say, I'm a Christian and I did all those things, but nothing is different in their life. They still struggle. They're still burdened. They're still in debt. They're still struggling in their marriage. They're still addicted. There's still all of these. There's no hope and there's no life and there's no faith and there's nothing really truly happening, no different than someone who's not a Christian. And here's the power of the Holy Spirit in our life that he says, man, I don't want you to just get to heaven. I want you to experience all the fullness that God has for you in this life and on this planet. I don't want you to go through life just trying to make it through just trying to trim those hedges by hand and just trying to do it in human power I've got a supernatural power that's available to you and all you got to do is receive it in fact I love this prayer that Paul prays over the church in Ephesians we just studied it in our in our previous series in Ephesians chapter 3 look what he says he says for this reason I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, you may, he may strengthen you with what? With power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. And some of y'all, you've been doing life hand power, trying to grit your teeth, grin and bear it, make it happen, do it on your own. Man, you're weary and you're tired and you're worn out. You're not making a difference because you're just trying to make it through. And you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. You need a new power in your life. You say, Pastor, where do I get it? How do I do it? I want you to see three things. Write them down. Number one, first thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to remove all the barriers. Everybody say, remove the barriers. You're going to have to get rid of the barriers. Some of you have put up some barriers that are keeping you from receiving the Holy Spirit. Some of you, maybe it's a sin in your life. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's, maybe it's an attitude that you have. Maybe it's pride in your heart, and you've got you to move all of that stuff out of the way so the Holy Spirit can come in. Some of you, it's fear. When I talk about the Holy Spirit, you get a little weirded out because I've seen that before. People have abused or I've learned things growing up and, and all of that. And you got, man, you've got to remove all of that and start fresh and clean. Remove all the barriers. Number two, write it down. You just request a gift. All you do is ask. In fact, this is what Jesus talked about when he talked about the Holy Spirit. Look, look what he says in Luke chapter 11, verse 9. He says, and I tell you, keep on asking. And you will receive what you ask for. And keep on seeking and you will find. And keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks the door will be open. You who are fathers. When you children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you as sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Jesus said, if you want this power that we're talking about today, all you got to do is ask. And if you don't receive, you just keep on asking until you receive. And some of you go, well, I'm kind of afraid. I don't know. Like if I ask for the Holy Spirit, am I going to get a devil or something weird or 
And Jesus goes, no, no, no. He knew that fear. You know what he said? He said, am I not a good, good God? And is a father not a good father? And do I not love you? And if you ask me for something good, do you really think I'm going to give you something bad? No, I'm going to give you something that's good for you. In fact, Paul said it like this. He said that we ought to eagerly desire the gifts. Oh, I'm not sure if I want that. I don't know about that. No, no. Paul says it ought to be the desire of our heart that if God has something good for us, we ought to want it. And so we're going to remove all the barriers. And we're just going to ask God. And then here's what we're going to do. Number three, you just receive by faith. Guys, it takes faith. In fact, everything good that comes from God requires some level of faith. It requires us to step out of what is comfortable for us. It requires us to get out of the natural. That's why it's called the supernatural. And some of us have been living our life in the natural so long. And the reason is, hey, the gift is available. The power is there. All you got to do is plug in. And Jesus is saying, I want to give it to you, but you have to receive it. And that requires me to set aside some of the things that I've seen or experiences I've had in the past, some of my hang-ups and my fears and maybe some of the sinful habits in my life. Set all that stuff aside and just by faith ask God. And then when I ask, I receive. And there's some of you that are here today. That's exactly what you need. You need, to, you need to come to a place where you say, God, I can't live this life on my own. I can't be a witness in my family or my neighborhood or the people that I go to school with because I don't even have the words to say it. I don't know how to say it. And I need your power in my life. God, I'm dealing with a weakness. I can't overcome this addiction or I can't overcome this thought pattern or this emotional thing in my life and I've been trying to do it on my own these temptations I keep falling on my own and I need a power in my weakness some of you you say man I feel so hopeless with all the stuff going on in this world and in my life and I need a hope that only comes from the spirit of God working in me some of you just need to say man I'm tired of just going through the motions and just being a Christian but not having any power in my life not looking any different than the rest of people in the world. And I want that fullness of what God has for me. If there's more.